Good Monday morning. Welcome to Connect, the California MBA's weekly podcast featuring one-on-one interviews with movers and shakers in the mortgage industry. My name is Dustin Hobbs. I'm the communications director here at the California MBA. We're excited. We've got a great guest this week. Excited to uh, chat with him and find out what's going on uh, with him, his company, and his thoughts on the future of the industry and sort of where we're at right now. Um, But before we do that, let's uh, have a message, quick message from our sponsors over at Incelerate. Incelerate is the leading mortgage lead management, CRM, and engagement platform that helps lenders close more loans by increasing efficiency gains across sales, marketing, operations, and management. And they've just recently announced their first-of-its-kind mobile app that they launched earlier in, uh, or actually uh, late in August. This groundbreaking mobile app features full lead management, lead distribution, click-to-call, inbound call routing, first call automation, and two-way compliant text messaging, and provides access to critical loan information without having to use a laptop or log in to the LOS system. It also empowers loan officers by intelligently distributing leads, managing pipelines, prioritizing their day, automating best practices, and personalizing the borrower's journey all from the mobile app. So for more information or to catch a demo, visit Incelerate.com, or you can call the number listed in the description below to schedule a demo. Uh, Well, with that out of the way, let's uh, toss it over to Susan Malazzo, our CEO, for this week's update. Susan? Hi, this is Susan with your weekly update. So we have the Western Secondary Market Conference happening virtually in just a few days. That's happening September 23rd and 24th. We are very excited to be welcoming Glenn Stern, CEO of Kind Lending and of course star of Undercover Billionaire uh, as our keynote speaker, uh, as well as uh, the Empower session that we're having, an Empower Leadership Panel that's led by, of course, Marsha Davies with the National MBA. And our panelists for that session will be Patty Arbiello with New American Funding, Christy Furco with Wells Fargo Home Mortgage, also incoming chair for the National MBA, and Selfie Meyer with Plaza Home Mortgage. So don't miss your opportunity to hear all of these industry icons and great leaders in the mortgage business uh, at our Western Secondary Market Conference. Uh, You can also contact any of our sponsors to get their promo code to register for this conference free of charge. So uh, visit our website and find out who those great sponsors are, contact them and find out how you can register for free. I'll look forward to seeing you virtually at our Western Secondary Market Conference in just a couple of weeks. Back to you, Dustin. All right. Thanks, Susan. All right, let's get on to the main event here. I'm excited to welcome Gary Clark uh, to the uh, podcast this week. Gary is the COO uh, of Sierra Pacific Mortgage, actually here in the Sacramento area, based out of uh, Folsom. Gary's a longtime friend of the association. Gary's also chair this year of the MBA's uh, Residential Board of Governors, or ResBog. So uh, welcome, Gary. Oh, thank you, Dustin. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's start at the beginning here. Let's dive in. Um, so I'm curious, Gary, what's your background in the industry? How did you get uh, started and what uh, led you over to uh, Sierra Pacific? So, you know, like most people, I started in the industry as an originator. So I was originating single family ro- loans for probably about four years. And then, uh, of course, began my management career and became a branch manager and moved on from there. So I, I joined Sierra Pacific about five years ago. I was president of a, another, another mortgage company here in the Sacramento area and uh, owned by a number of individuals that uh, hired me to actually run the company for them. They were all primarily loan originators. Uh, we rolled that up and actually uh, sold the company 
when that concluded, I was able to fortunately join Sierra Pacific Mortgage. Right on. Well, so I'm curious, what led you to uh, the operations side of the business? What interested you there more than, say, the production side? Well, you know, I'd done both over the years, but I spent, uh, uh, before I moved back to Sacramento, where I was 14 years at IndyMac Bank, running a number of channels there. Uh, the most recent uh, group I ran was their um, asset-based uh, home loan, uh, HELOC lending program. And so we did asset-based securitizations. Um, so that had me in operations. And then right towards the end, I was actually running an operations center here in Sacramento for the, for IndyMac covering the Western region in Hawaii. Okay. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's uh, look at uh, sort of what's uh, in the news these days. If you're anywhere in California, essentially, or, or especially in Northern California right now, on top of the uh, issues with the COVID-19 pandemic, we've also got the challenge of now wildfires throughout the uh, northern part of the state. If you can see behind me through the uh, window here, it looks like it's a, a pretty dark scene outside with the uh, red sun, I'm sure, outside your window too, Gary. It looks, uh, looks about the same. So I'm curious, how has the company adapted to sort of both of those challenges that uh, you're facing these days? Well, so obviously they have to monitor the situation with the fires on a daily basis. We generally send up send out an update daily to our operations teams, you know, on those uh, zip codes that have been impacted, potentially impacted by a fire. Uh, so as you know, for all our agencies and investors, we would have to do have a reinspection done to ensure the property is still still standing and represents sound security. So it has been a challenge. It's really unfortunate that we experience this here in California. You know, it devastates so many families when it happens. Um, but, you know, if you live in Florida or Texas, you're dealing with hurricanes and other events. So it's just unfortunately become a way of life for us here in California. For sure. Has it uh, has it been uh, easier or harder or I guess more of a, an acute issue at this point than dealing with the uh, COVID with the pandemic issues? Well, it's a little what's what's a little harder about it is really understanding the potentially impacted area you don't want to cast net so wide that you're you're holding up closing loans that aren't impacted by a, a disaster like a fire so that's probably the biggest challenge because when you look at a fire map that's put out by some of the state agencies they don't exactly overlay a zip code for you so it can become a little challenging yeah yeah all right well then i'm curious so uh, from a uh, you know an operations management standpoint, how have you guys been able to maintain, uh, you know, the corporate culture that I know you've, you've been at Sierra Pacific for a, lot, a while now, and and I know it's a real good, strong uh, corporate culture there. How have you guys maintained that both during the pandemic and now the fires? I mean, just you know, it seems like one disaster after another. How do you guys do? How do you guys keep in touch and maintain that uh, culture? Well, so as you know, uh, Dustin, it all started in in mid March. You know, we had to rapidly redeploy our our staff to a work at home situation. Uh, fortunately, most of our systems were cloud-based systems to begin with. So was just making sure that our team members had the proper equipment in terms of a laptop and, and a couple of monitors if needed. Uh, so we've been able to maintain that situation uh, for the last several months. We've started bringing back some people into the offices uh, about a month ago. But even now today, we're probably still only running 15 or 20% of our staff is actually working here on site. 
And so it still is pretty lonely. You walk around a 40,000 square foot building and, you know, maybe there's 25 people in here spread out, obviously, but uh, it's been a challenge. And of course, as you mentioned, culture, that's the toughest thing. And, you know, I'm on, you know, calls with ResBog and, and other committees, and it's a challenge for all companies is maintaining that personal touch and that identity of the company with that employee as they now are working remotely. So we've te we've tried to hold a number of of weekly update calls. Uh, you know, in the beginning, we were holding, you know, almost daily calls with our staff. And then as people became more more comfortable and more used to working remotely, we've backed that down to weekly and even biweekly calls. So it's worked out so far so good. But again, being able to maintain that company culture is really going to be a challenge for everybody going forward. Because quite honestly, when, when this all ends and, and we get back to some sense of normal, there'll be people that will never return to the office environment. And that's just the way it's going to be. And so, you know, we yeah. need to, to figure that out for sure going forward. Yeah. Well, so to that point, what's your sense on uh, how much of the change that uh, has happened over the past couple of months out of necessity, how much of that has either maybe accelerated uh, changes that were on the way or maybe has spurred something that's now going to be a, a permanent, uh, permanent change to the business uh, operation? Well, it certainly spurred a number of things and, and moved the needle forward on a number of the, of the technology areas, certainly in terms of uh, remote online notarization or just e-closing and e-documents and e-signing in general. Uh, people all of a sudden, you know, push had to move into that arena, whether they were doing it already or not. So um, we're seeing a number, of, you know, a much higher level of, of electronic signings of documents. It's a little better customer experience, quite honestly. Of course, the challenge is always the settlement agent and the notaries on some of the documents, but that is all going to accelerate and uh, at a much faster pace. And we've seen the agencies provide some tools and some benefits in terms of using uh, powers of attorney to execute documents where they uh, were a little more stricter in the past. And of course, we're seeing a higher adoption of electronic notarizations for sure. Yeah, I think especially like you mentioned the notarizations. I think uh, you know the acceleration to moving that to be a sort of a permanent fixture feature of the process is. I think everyone's going to welcome that change for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, going to start switching gears here a little bit. Uh, what's your sense, or what's your, what are the uh, uh, economic indicators that you're keeping an eye on these days? As you sort of figure out, you know, maybe your plans for the rest of the year, plans in the next year. You know, what are you keeping an eye on more? Is it uh, uh, you know unemployment or GDP or you know how home sales? What are you looking at? Well, so we we work closely with the MBA, and so Michael Franton, Tony there. Chief economist does provide, you know, monthly updates and then quarterly reforecasts. So we rely a lot on their forecasts, as well as forecasts from the National Association of Home Builders, National Association of Realtors. One thing that we know for sure that the pace we're lending at today, 1.1 trillion dollars in Q2, you know, a, a, a record number, a record volume of loans never done before. We know that that pace will stop. You know, we just don't know when, and that's the problem. You know, we've all seen, those of us that have been in the business for a number of years, have all experienced that, that sense of euphoria that, that ends when you come up the next day and realize that, 
something happened in some part of the world, economic activity has changed, and all of a sudden the rates are moving the other way, and it can move very quickly, as you know. Yeah, yeah so, that's very true. So we're fortunate the Federal Reserve has is, is pretty much indicated that rates will stay at these levels for you know, the foreseeable future, and, and that can be months and or years. Um, forecast that, you know, currently, you know, call for a pretty big decline in production uh, next year. But does that start in Q1, Q2, or doesn't, maybe doesn't start till 2021? If I knew the answer to those questions, you know, I'd be sitting on my yacht in the Bahamas having this call. <laughs> absolutely absolutely so well so to your point about uh you know at some point the uh refinance boom that we're in right now will start to wane how do you guys how are you guys preparing now for that uh inevitable you know rebalancing between purchase and refi so we've utilized you know certainly some temp staff we're utilizing some some vendors to provide support in various functions so you know we know that the staff you know, needs will will certainly come down. Obviously, people and not only in our company and all the companies in our industry are working a very high level of overtime right now, and so burnout's always a concern. So that'll be the first area that will change. Obviously, the amount of overtime, both you know during the day and on the weekends, that'll drop uh, and come back in line very quickly. Hopefully, there won't have to be too much done in a way of of staff adjustments uh, going forward, but that's always something that happens in our industry from time to time. You know, and finally, we watch the mix of our production in terms of purchases and refinances. And we're already trying to focus more on the purchases uh, than the refinances. You know, we prioritize those through our system because those are the loans that'll be here, you know, day in and day out. Right. So, so is it more of a uh, a focus in in priority both at the staff level and in your sort of your your uh, external marketing, or is it? I mean, I assume both at this point. Yep, absolutely. I mean, you know, in this market, you know, the refinances, the phones are ringing, the emails are coming in, the staff is responding and, and handling the amount of the volume of the re, of refinances. But we can't forget our our partners in the in the real estate industry and in the new home builder industry, you know, we always have we have to address those needs as well. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yep. So, uh, sort of a, a, a bit of a, um, a pop quizzy type question: what uh, what keeps you up at night these days? What uh, what's the one you know maybe worry out there, or the one unknown that uh, you you know, or if anything is you know causing you to worry these days, what would it be? What's what's the FHFA and the GSEs going to do next? You know, we all saw about a month ago where the shoe dropped and we had very short notice that all of a sudden there's going to be an, an additional low level pricing adjustment of a half a point for doing a refinance. So, you know, we were fortunate through uh, the efforts of the Mortgage Bankers Association and the state agent in the state associations like CMBA to where we had a call to action and we were able to get that delayed. Uh, so what concerns me now is what's going to change next? And I'm sure there will be changes. So that concerns me, especially around rules around forbearance. Mm. You know, we, we struggle with those, as you know, at the state level. You know, we've had challenges here in California. We've had challenges in other states. 
where states want to put their own two cents in on the forbearance rules. And so we're, you know, that keeps me up at night as well. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, I mean, you're right about, uh, I think you put it uh, gently there with the FHFA giving us a little notice. It was, I mean, virtually no notice uh, before that uh, uh, increase was announced. Um, so let's, you mentioned uh, ResBog and uh, MBA there, you know, so what, uh, what is, what's the biggest, you're the chair of ResBog this year, what's the biggest initiative or uh, um, challenge that you guys are facing this year or, you know, initiative that you're taking on? Well, so we obviously start, we start the year with, you know, a number of priorities and things that we want to work on and address during the year. Well, that, that chart, that list went out the window in March. And so, you know, the MBA, as well as all the state organizations like the CMBA have always been involved very heavily with the changes we've all had to deal with around forbearance and loan delivery issues and changing guidelines and underwriting of self-employed borrowers and all of those things. So we've spent at ResBog and, and I'm sure at the state level, you know, addressing a number of those issues. So those things that the, the speed of those changes that were coming almost weekly, if not daily in March, April, and May, really has subsided and we're in a little bit more of a stable period. So now we're looking at and working on addressing uh, the change in what's called the QM regulation. That, that, that is actually out for comment now. So there's two, two components to that. There's actually the, the change to the QM and ability to repay regulation, but also today in our current QM guidelines, loans that are delivered to the agencies do have an exemption from the QM requirements. That exemption expires in January of 2021. So the CFPB has, has proposed and will do an extension of that exemption, but they'll do it in a way that it coincides with a new regulation when, when that comes out. So we're currently working with MBA staff to put our comments together around the changes in the QM regulation and the ability to repay rule. So that's, gotcha. that's where our focus is right now. Additionally, we're, looking at and working on you know the GSE changes the recapitalization of the GSEs uh, there's a lot of work and a lot of complexity in that that process as well so we're doing a lot of work in that area too yeah so I'm curious we had uh, uh, Doug Duncan on a few weeks ago from uh, Fannie and uh, talking we talked a little bit about the recapitalization and I mean timeline there seems to be pretty extended at this point What's your thought on timeline as far as the uh, um, the uh, QM uh, changes and the proposal there? Is that uh, end of this year? I'm assuming, or is that? Well, late? we should, yeah, we should, we should have a proposal either by the end of this year or early in, in Q1 of next year. And of course, there'll be another comment period. Then they'll publish the rule, and then it'll go into effect. And there'll probably be a little bit of an extended implementation timeframe. So certainly sometime towards the second half of, of next year of 2021 we'll have the new qm uh, inability to repay regulation out okay that makes sense yeah it's still we still got a ways to go before it's finalized um yeah. so when it comes to advocacy i'll close with this uh with this question for you you've been a, a, a sort of a fixture at our uh, annual legislative day here in sacramento and i know you know advocacy obviously you just you know had a nice chat about uh, advocacy at the uh, federal level 
how important, if you were talking to one of your colleagues in the industry that wasn't maybe involved with, with the California MBA or the National MBA and didn't see the value maybe in their advocacy work, what's your answer to them? So I think the, the easiest demonstration of the impact of, of advocacy was this recent change with the refinance LLPA. So earlier this year, we probably had the Mortgage Bankers Association has a group called the Mortgage Action Alliance. It's, there's no charge to join it, uh, but it's a way that you are updated and alerted to not just national issues, but state issues. And we've used them in California to address some state issues. But membership in that, in that group was around 23,000 people early this year. We're now over 80,000, uh, or I'm sorry, we're now over about 60,000 members of the Mortgage Action Alliance. And when the announcement came out about the refinance LLPA, we were able to generate over 80,000 communications to every member of the Senate and virtually every member of the House of Representatives. And that brought a lot of pressure on FHFA to make the change and delay the implementation of the refinance LLPA. So it's absolutely vital to be part of you know a more, something like the Mortgage Action Alliance. Yeah, no, I completely. And you make a good point about it being super simple. It is. It's a piece of cake. You can sign up for free in less than five minutes. And also, you know, to your point that uh, I think a lot of people may get sort of discouraged when they see you know something coming down from a regulator and realizing, okay, what can I do about that? I mean, there's nothing I can do about that. I mean, it's not like I can go and you know vote out the uh, you know FHA commissioner or the CFPB director. But to your point, I mean, you can certainly put pressure on your elected representatives who then can put pressure on those regulators and, you know, affect change that way. Absolutely. You know, and, and you mentioned the, uh, the annual legislative day at the state here in California. Most states will have those. Of course, we have one at the national level in Washington, D.C. as well. And as you mentioned, I've participated in the past. And what, what I found very striking is how little they actually know about housing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it helps to put an actual face on the, uh, you know, on the term mortgage bankers or the mortgage industry. And sometimes I think from a legislative standpoint, they may see lobbyists, they may see advocates on either side, but they don't actually ever talk to an actual mortgage industry professional. So showing up to those events in person, I think makes a big difference. It absolutely does. Yeah. Well, hey, Gary, thanks again for your time. Today. It's been uh, great to chat with you again, even though we're you know, only a, a few miles apart here, Sacramento and Folsom. It's, uh, it's been a while since we actually saw you in person because of everything that's gone on. So great to see you and, and hopefully see you in person here soon. All right. Nice to see you, Dustin. Thank you very much. All right. Well, hey, that's all the time we got for this episode of Connect. If you enjoyed the conversation, make sure and click the subscribe button. You can also uh, follow us on uh, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, SoundCloud. We're on all of those uh, platforms as well. And uh, we'll be back next Monday for another episode of Connect. And we'll see you then.